Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Kings of Queen City, and it is Steelers week, so we are all very excited for it. We have Scotty here with me, and we also have Jake, and we're going to be doing a preview of the Bengals-Steelers game. So this is the first time we've ever done one of these, so we still don't really know how we're going to go about it, but I'd say we're all a little excited. Yeah, I, I love and hate Steelers week, because for years... It was, we hate the Steelers, and we always kind of lost to them, and you knew you were going to lose, but I feel like last year's Magic Monday night football game is going to propel us into a nice matchup in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Steelers week is always, uh, it's always circled on the calendar as soon as the schedule comes out, probably by the players too, but most definitely by the fans. Like, if you, if you, when you beat the Steelers, it's a good week. It solves, it solves all your problems. Definitely. And I think I think Mike Hilton himself actually said that the minute he signed with the Bengals, this was like the number one thing he circled on the calendar. I do think the pressers is kind of a decent place to start um, talking about everything. Joe said that he wasn't really concerned about all the hits or everything. Um, He said it's kind of a group effort, but he did kind of give a little bit of like he said it is what it is at the end. So that's never great. But he just said that he could be better. The line could be better. Receivers can be better. They all can be better together, which I kind of agree with. Do you guys have any takeaways? Did you guys hear any of the pressers? Yeah, I listened to all of them. Um, I mean, it's almost sacrilegious to, like, go against him. But, like, in in the in me trying to be as, like, unbiased as possible, he didn't play well versus Chicago. Like, that's just plain and simple. That's that's the point. He He, he struggled. Is debatably his worst game he's had. He just didn't look comfortable. He wasn't he wasn't doing what we usually do. But it's also Joe Burrow. I, I don't see it happening two weeks in a row. So I guess that bodes well going into this one. Yeah, and I I think that last week was just it, it was a weird, just a weird day, like a weird game. Uh I think that everybody could have been better. So when he says it's a group effort, I I agree with him. I think the coaching could have been better. The line could have been better. He could have been better. Um, one thing that I've really noticed and I think is going to be really big this week, the, they need to get better blocking out of their running backs. I mean, Joe, I think they have Joe Mixon, his PFF grade, I think, in blocking was like a 30. And so that's about as bad as it possibly gets. Uh, P. Ryan was about the same. So I think if they can get a little more effort there, it'll be a lot better. But, um, yeah, that – they, they, yeah, Joe said it right. They have to be better. So, yeah, I definitely agree. I think the the line is kind of a a key matchup. Um, I kind of have some key matchups that I have written down. It'll be a post that'll be out before the the podcast is. So I'll kind of go through those, kind of get your guys's feedback on it. I'll first just say the matchup and then see if you guys kind of agree. I, I have three key matchups. Um, number one, I said is probably the Bengals wide receiver. Uh, well. This is the first one I listed, not number one. Um, but this is the Bengals wide receivers versus Steelers secondary. Um, I think it's a pretty favorable matchup for us. Um, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. As of right now, Minka Fitzpatrick is ranked as the worst safety in the NFL, according to PFF. Uh, not what I said, but and we were kind of like a little odd. But I did look at uh, – I watched the Raiders game back. He didn't look great. He looked like he took some weird angles. Um, he didn't – particularly cover the deep ball well I know run defense he's been like pretty good this year but past game is what you're really paying him for I mean not yet because they haven't extended him but um, I think it's gonna be a big matchup I mean Joe Hayden still obviously very good but the rest of their secondary has a bunch of question marks to me 
Yeah, I I completely agree with that, honestly. I think this is another week where they have a chance to make some big plays. Um, I think this is probably the worst secondary. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Um, maybe. Uh, I kind of – I don't know. Each each team kind of they're, – they're almost the same in a way. I don't know if you guys feel that way. The Steelers have a decent pass rush and then some iffy DBs. Um, so, again – like, I think the strategy should be kind of the same for the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, but I like that key matchup. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think our wide re- receivers can make plays versus secondary, um, mostly specifically the corners. I'm not super huge on Pittsburgh's corners. Uh, James Pierre, uh, I, I, Sutton, I can't even remember his first name. And I, their slot corners, nobody's special either after they lost uh, Mike Hilton when he came over to the good side. So I'm, I, I don't love their corners. Mink, Minka, you know, try to avoid him as much as possible. I don't care if he's the worst rated safety PFF guy, guy can play. He's a player, but, and then their other safety is a uh, Terrell or Tremaine Edmonds. I always get them confused, but Terrell. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a, uh, he's okay. I mean, he's kind of like, their version of Vaughn, you know, Minka kind of sits back like Jesse does and he'll, he'll kind of go into the box, but uh, I mean, I'd take Vaughn over him, but yeah, they have a similar, similar safety specifically kind of play the same way the Bengals do. Yeah. I would say the, the big thing for me is I think, well, obviously we were talking about a little bit uh, earlier. T Higgins uh, hadn't practiced all week. So that's kind of a big note. Um, don't really we don't really know right now what he's what he is for game I mean not practicing their week is never a great sign um so we'll kind of see what happens with him throughout the next few days um but Jamar just is a huge huge uh matchup for me I mean you saw there were three different times against the Bears where he burnt the secondary he was wide open deep the one uh Joe misses left the one he underthrows with Jamar makes the great adjustment gets the ball scores touchdown um, the other deep ball was actually T. It wasn't uh, wasn't Jamar, but T kind of gets open. He has inside leverage. Uh, they Joe kind of misses the third. Throws a little left. Throws an inside, probably a catch. Um, but I, I see a similar matchup here. I mean, Jalen Johnson, obviously for the Bears, is their number one guy, kind of like Hayden is. So I just feel like it's a, a real similar matchup. And I think if you can hit those deep balls with Jamar, I mean, you're looking at a season so far where if that one pass completes to Jamar, Jamar probably has a hundred and two touchdowns in that game. And one of the biggest things that I think, too, and why it's going to be so necessary to start the game off well, they're banged up on defense. Yeah, all of their guys are going to probably play. I mean, T.J. Watt has been a limited participant all week. Devin Bush is still listed on their uh, injury list. He's a full participant. Uh, You still have Joe Hayden on it that he went full today. But still, if you can get those guys out there on the field um, more, you're going to have – I, I can't see a world where they just let TJ Watt, you know, he's playing all the snaps after being a limited participant. They're probably going to try to avoid and groins are always kind of a difficult injury. Um, so hopefully the game plan is to stop, start off hot and make them stay on the field as long as possible, which should be everybody's game plan. But I think it's just so much more necessary this week. I completely agree. Um, I think TJ Watt's going to kind of be on a pitch count. I don't anticipate him playing many first downs. I think he's going to be used more as pass rush only because, again, um, Groin, Groin's kind of nag on. You don't want to 
overuse it because from a Steelers mindset, like this is only week three. You don't want to keep having this persistent issue going on to week six, seven, eight, nine. So you, I mean, it's a division game, so it's important, but you kind of want to not overuse him. So I, I think he's passed downs only for the most part, which will be a huge thing for the Bengals to not put yourself in obvious passing down situations. Yeah, I mean, and kind of just jumping into that kind of debate, I was not really debate, just point. I was I just watched the uh, Steelers uh, Raiders game, and the Raiders actually lead the league in pass play uh, percentage uh, in early downs. So I think they lead the league with like seventy point one. And when you look at it, that's really I think that's what beat the Steelers for them is they were passing it early. The Steelers couldn't when you when you pass in those early downs, the guys like T.J. Watt they can't rush with the full abandonment they want to because they have to be prepared for that run because if they don't they're going to have running lanes they're going to be open and so passing on those early downs is so crucial and I think you kind of have to adapt to a play style and I mean that's something we've all said that they can't keep doing this run run pass thing you can't be running I think we run the most on second and long versus any team in the league which is never what you want to be doing but it was very noticeable that the minute they started passing it early the Raiders that's when you saw that tick up for their offense started looking better tj watt wasn't in Derek Carr's face all the time he still got there because he's tj watt for christ's sake and he's going to do that but when you throw it against them you limit how much they're actually going to hit you too yeah and i i like that you brought up it, it feels like they're running the ball way too much on second and eight and the odds of you getting a first down there is is not very high how many third and threes were there that were so avoidable um, I'm fine with running the ball on first down. I mean, a second and five would be, you know, great or second and six, but you can't afford to run the ball on second and long and set up a third and four, a third and three, where you have to pass and everybody knows you have to pass. And I think that's why Joe is getting crushed is because they're passing it when everybody in the world knows they have to pass it. And so I just wish the play calling was just a little more creative. Uh, I mean, you, you, the defenses know what's coming. And so the fact that they've been able to run the ball the way they have been, even though they know what's coming, has been semi-impressive, but also worrisome because they could be so much more efficient, so much more better. Yeah. Um, for me, like, it, they never came out and said it, but I don't think Joe was – I mean, I don't think he's at 100% in general, but I think that uh, he took versus the Vikings, kind of rolled his ankle or knee or whatever. Um, I think that kind of – I mean, it didn't it didn't do anything crazy, but kind of put a number on him, um, maybe slowed him down. So I think a lot of the game plan from, uh, like, me watching it, my mind was kind of trying to protect him, um, knowing that week three is a big game. I mean, it's a Steelers game. It means, means a ton to this fan base. So I think they were trying to – almost protect him and not put him in, you know, situations where he's going to get hit too much. I don't, I think it backfired, but with that, um, he had a presser this week where he said he's going to kind of look to get out of the pocket more, um, you know, when pressure's there, which to me makes me think, okay, um, he's feeling better than he did versus the bears, which is good for a whole bunch of reasons. But if he can, if he can kind of see some, some with him getting out of the pocket kind of vintage Joe from last year. Um, I really like, I really like what we can do this week. A hundred percent. Um, so the stat that I had was the Bengals run the ball on second and long, uh, more than six yards, 58% of the time. 
which is first NFL. I don't have the rest to see where like the league averages, but that's insane in itself. But I'm glad that you mentioned that, Scotty, about Joe, because I'm pretty sure when I rewatched it, because I was at the game, so I couldn't really like tell a bunch of stuff. But it was the fourth and four when they had T on the curl that was real short, and Jalen Johnson was draped on him. And when Joe immediately looks, like uh, Roquan kind of goes that direction, which is kind of why he threw the pick earlier was because not later actually was because Roquan's like staring down his eyes. But there's like a clear running lane for Joe, like right up the middle of the of the defense. And I, I sent out a group message. I was like, oh, that's not great. And I think that's kind of what you, what you were talking about, where I don't think, whether it's mentally or actual physically, I don't think Joe's at 100%. I don't think he, maybe it should be more of a confidence thing. Maybe his knee is 100%, but I just don't think he's fully confident in it yet, especially in situations where he has to plant and or cut. So I think that was one in general where I'm not going to freak out about it yet, but I think that's something of note and something that, if he can get that confidence back, it adds such a different element to that offense because it was like a fourth and two. Like, that's something he picks up with ease last year. And just to not see him take off there, obviously, was a little bit concerning. Yeah, I think it's more of a comfortability thing for him. I mean, he's still getting used to, you know, wearing the brace and kind of you have to play differently now um, after an injury. So I think it's more just him trying to get more comfortable with it. Um, and I mean, I like that. I don't want him playing with reckless abandon. Like when he threw that pick to Roquan, who Dude, makes I a great lost play. It. Yeah, I mean, Roquan makes a great play because he's a great player. Um, but Joe, Joe kind of looked down his receiver, showed him where it was going. But when Joe was trying to make the tackle, like I I love like I love that you want to do that because like he cares for the team. But dude, get the hell out of the way. Like all I got were shades of Andy against the Steelers. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I could think of. Like, let him score. I don't care. What you making a tackle doesn't mean anything to me if you're not getting up and going out next time we get the ball. Let him score. Well, and then as we showed late in that game, we we have a chance with Joe Burrow. If he's in the game, we're gonna have a chance late. It's just the way just the way it is. You have a quarterback like that, you're gonna you're gonna have a chance down late. So get the hell out of the way, man. I think one of the weirdest things, too, the press conferences after the Bears game, I'm just so confused because you've got Joe that, you know, you don't know if he's 100%, and you can tell that the coaching staff kind of believes that just by the way they uh, have game planned. But then you have Burrow after the game talking about how they should take more shots. And so you you just kind of don't know, you know, is there like a disconnect going on right now? I think that this will be the big week. Like, if they look like they did the first two games, I think we may have our answer there. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a good point too. Um, let's move on to my next one. We took that was we got some good commentary in that first one, guys. Good job, good for us. Um, next one I have is uh, Bengals defensive line versus Steelers offensive line. Um, I'm pretty sure if you guys, uh, the I mean the biggest stat is Ben has the quickest time to throw in the league at 2.4 seconds. So. They're trying to get the ball out of the hand. They know that offensive line is kind of a mess. Um, I definitely think if you look at it just – and pretty much uh, if you look at it unbiasedly, I'd say they probably have the worst offensive line in our division, and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I think their highest PFF rating is like a 67, um, and it's their rookie tackle. The, the interior of their line is bad. It might be worse than ours. 
uh, especially with how Quentin Spain's been playing. He's been playing real well. But uh, with the with the production we've gotten out of the defensive line, like this matchup is one that I think is going to be a key to the game. If they can get up in Ben's face, make him uncomfortable. I think he hit like one or two deep balls this last week. Um, I think with Deontay Johnson possibly being out, I think that maybe drops even more because Claypool's still going to be a good deep target, but uh, Juju does most of his damage in the slot. But if, if they can start hounding this line, if they can kind of, one, contain Najee, which he hasn't really even, like, I guess broken out where he's had that big game yet. But, man, I love this matchup. I think this is going to be a crucial one. I uh, Just the thought of seeing, like, Ogunjobi and, and DJ Reader against that inside while also having Trey on the outside, just I'm, I'm really excited for that matchup. And I think this is a big key to the game to, to make sure you can capitalize on that matchup. Yeah, and I, I think with Ben, too, being hurt, I think you may see them rely heavily on Najee Harris. Um, and to your credit, what you said about uh, Deontay Johnson being out, possibly being out, I think this almost makes them kind of one-dimensional for Pittsburgh. And if they have to pass and they have to throw it down the field, I'm going to take our defensive line over their offensive line every day. And so – I think if you see the Bengals take a lead early and in passing downs, I think we could see three, four, or five sacks, honestly. Even though Ben has the quickest time to throw, I mean, I, I could see this being a pretty big game for them. Yeah. Um, so last year, the Steelers' offensive line was graded the worst in run block. Um, they did a, a, I just, they, they did the whole division a favor. Uh, they got rid of their worst tackle. Uh, Villanueva, which helps them, but in return he goes to Baltimore, and that guy sucks. Like we saw Carl Lawson tear him up, so he stayed in the division, so that's good. They replaced him with a dude named Chooks, so I'm not super high on him. We'll see. He's played two games. He's been decent, but I don't know. Chooks doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to dominate the Bengals, but you never know. But, yeah, I think think their biggest issue is run blocking. That's why – I like Najee. I think he's I like I think he's a pretty decent player um and will have a successful career. But they just don't open any holes for him. Like what what do you want the guy to do? He's a power back. So if you don't give him a hole, like he's just gonna run into an own lineman and get nothing done. Um so I think we we should be able to contain him, which I like. Um and I think it bodes well for the team, kind of make them have to throw the ball around to beat us with uh injured meme ice bag big men. Uh, he's got he's got the yeah. walking boot on, so he'll be ready to roll. But, yeah, with the with a hurt pack, he's gonna have that boot on. Oh, dude, I guarantee you, he has it on right now as we're recording. He's laying in bed with a walking boot on, just doing his thing. But yeah, they're they're I, I, a block, like run block. So I, I feel good about bottling up the run, which means I think we can get a little bit of pressure. Um, I like Trey Hendrickson against. Uh, chooks and maybe on the other side if he's there so I, I think we'll be able to get a little pressure but I'm not like I don't think our D line's gonna completely wreck the game but I think it'll be an advantage for us what were you gonna say Jack um no I was just gonna talk about Ben I just want to see him show up to the game in like a sling or like a <laughs> wheelchair that would be so funny like and you know after the game he's gonna be he probably will be in a sling in a walking boot. So, but that's, uh, but I have one, one thing that I have to get off my chest before we move on to uh, another matchup. Have you guys thought this has been one of the quiet, quietest Steelers weeks 
in 100%. years. Yeah, it's definitely I been mean, a lot more low key. I think I think most of it's been like one. It's the turning of the guard of like we have a pretty much completely different roster than the last time there was terrible blood. I mean, also Vince Williams doesn't play for them anymore, so like that obviously is a big thing. Is does Joey Porter still coach for them? I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. Yeah, and I mean, I, I if so. I'm being honest, I think it was. I'm not gonna say it was all Joey Porter, but Joey Porter was a big part Joey of it. Porter. I think Vince Williams was a big part of it. I mean, a lot of those guys that I think chirped the most are out of there and i mean it's it's been a completely shift from us and i mean the last time we played them we won i think that's a huge part of it is the last time they played i mean to put it simple like the Bengals embarrassed them like we out stealers to that team we were more physical we asserted our will um i mean they not gonna say they were scared to play but like we definitely had a mental edge in that game which was baffling we've never seen that before versus this team it's always the other way around so I think that helps, and I think another part of it is both teams are coming off uh, pretty disappointing losses for both fan bases. So I think no one's, like, jumping out at the gun ready to roll, um, crazy con- like, crazy confident in their team. But I think for the Steelers fan base, it's like they just saw a Raiders game they weren't huge on. And the last time we played them, I mean, that was a – what were they, 11-1, and 11-2 and two at that point or something? And – they're like, this is the get-right game. They always viewed us as a get-right game. And, I mean, we embarrassed them, like, on Monday night. But it, it still baffles me. I'm shocked it happened, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, and it's been, what, six years now? 2015 would have been the last year they beat them in, uh, in Pittsburgh, right? At the yeah. Ketchup Palace, yeah. At <laughs> the Ketchup Palace. I love that name. That's so good. But, I, yeah, it's just been – oddly quiet and it's probably because we won the last game but I I was just had to mention that because I saw the first chirp about this uh a Steelers fan posted the Von Bell hit which is funny in itself and just said that it's funny that Juju got up after he got hit and acted like nothing happened um well yeah I mean you just you TikTok danced and got lit up so what are you gonna do (laughs) but we need a moment like that in this game well, and the th- I what Scotty said, he put it perfectly. Like they they had a swagger of that last game. They they didn't go in there. It, it always felt weird. I don't know because there I don't believe in like the whole like chip on your shoulder thing as much in the NFL. Like these guys are getting paid. Like I don't think they really care that much. Like they're they're going out there to try to win, but they're also getting paid. Like I don't think it has that same kind of like high school feel in that level. But in that game, it felt like it. Like it felt like they cared more. It felt like they wanted it, and it felt like they kind of knew. No one in the world thought they were going to win that game. Like, no one did. And they they went in there with the attitude that they were going to do it. I mean, they had Ryan Finley in there. They did it. The defense played probably its best game of the year last year with in that game. And it's what Sky said. They came out with the toughness that I, I don't think we'd seen that team play with since probably the OG Marvin days. Yeah, I mean, we came out with our hair on fire on defense, like, Big Ben threw a pick to Mackenzie Alexander and we're high stepping out of bounds at our own 40. Like we, we didn't care. We were there to play. Like we, that defense was ready to roll. No one thought we could win. I mean, us three, we didn't even think we could win. So, but they, they came in, they played an amazing game was great. One of my, one of my personal like favorite Bengals games just to watch. Like it was unlike anything we've ever really seen before, but the defense played great and yeah I think not not necessarily to that level 
because I mean, I think that was also the season was pretty much over. Season was lost, but you know, it's the Steelers. It just means more to this city, this fan base. Like, even even if the team's not very good, if you can get one or hell even two wins against the Steelers, uh, it, it kind of fixes some problems. Uh, not saying that it should, but with this fan base, uh, just beating the Steelers, there's nothing more enjoyable than that. Yeah, I completely agree, too. And this defense has a swag to them. I don't know if it's Mike Hilton. I don't know who it is. But they just have something to them. And I, you, you you better believe they're going to be bringing it Sunday. That defense is going to be rocking. I don't think there's a way, any chance that they're just going to come out looking flat with no emotion or anything. Yeah, especially since, too, it's going to be the first time Von Bell has been in Pittsburgh since that happened. So I think that's going to be a big, big enough storyline in and of itself right there. I agree. And I think a lot of it, um, you know, full, full stands, you're going to have those uh, yellow towels rocking. I think our defense is going to feed off that, to be honest. Like, um, I think that almost puts a chip on your shoulder going into a rival. That's going to be a hostile environment. Um, and you're the defense. I mean, your job's to quiet that crowd. They're not going to be, they're not going to be rocking if they can't get anything going on offense. So as a defense, you kind of, if you if you can have that place quiet, that's the defense will start feeling themselves big time. Like if we can, if we can get out to a just an early lead, and just have have that place a little a little calmer, and uh, the de- the defense will just be feeling themselves. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And lastly, probably I would say the biggest matchup of the game, uh, and I have just Cameron Hayward against the Bengals interior offensive line. I think this is a huge game. Um, I'd say Cameron Hayward's probably been one of, if not the best, like interior defensive lineman in the NFL for roughly like the past five years. He's been absolutely insane. I mean, one, he's great in pass rush. And then two, he might be an even better rush defender. Like it's, it's absolutely insane what he does. He's just, he's stronger than you. And then somehow he's also quick. It doesn't make a lot of sense. He's a freak of nature. Um, and I think he's definitely going to be, a, he could be a potential game wrecker. Um, with Suofilo kind of being questionable, kind of leaves the door open for maybe Jackson Carmen to play, which uh, I'm not sure how I love his first potential game in the NFL being against uh, Hayward. But, I mean, if they think he's ready and they think this is something, I mean, there's no better welcome to the NFL moment than this. I mean, besides maybe playing Aaron Donald, I mean, Cameron Hayward's probably the next best guy. So I think it's going to be something that they have to work with. Um I definitely think with Trey uh, Hopkins having a bounce back last week a little bit, I think that definitely helps. Um, still don't love it. Uh, there were definitely some plays when Akeem Hicks definitely blew him up. So going against a guy who's better probably in Cameron Hayward, not ideal. But uh, what do you guys think about it? Um, I, I think it's going to be – I okay, this may be like my hot take. I don't think it's going to be as big of an, a problem as we think it's going to be. Um. I think that they're going to have, especially after last week, I think they're going to have a better game plan to kind of reduce that uh, kind of impact that their defensive line has. Um, Also, I want to see Carmen play. I want to see, you know, at least what we have. He doesn't have to look tremendous, but if he shows a couple plays where, hey, all right, we've, we've got our future guard in front of us, or not even guard, but like just a solid lineman, uh, I think we'll feel good about that. But you wait, you took him with a premium pick. I mean, an early second round is a pretty big pick. And there were tackles that were graded higher than him that were he that they took or they took him before them. So 
I really want to see him play. I think that, you know, Hayward, it, it could, he really could be a game wrecker. And he has shown it in the past that he can be. But I personally think that they're going to be a lot better, just especially with the way Spain's been playing. To, um, I, I think it could be an issue. I think Trey, I think uh, Trey Hopkins is uh, starting to get a little more comfortable. I know his PFF grade doesn't, you know, show that, but I think, you know, he's going to get better week by week. And I think that they're going to be okay, honestly. I, I think this matchup is super interesting for a lot of kind of different reasons. Um, for starters, typically the Steelers play uh, Hayward against who would be your left guard. So typically he would be going up against Quentin Spain. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, I kind of like that matchup. I like Quentin Spain. Um, I, I, I kind of – I like what he brings to the table. I think he's just the definition of solid. But – so also typically, I'm blanking on uh, the pronunciation of his name, but usually their D tackle, it's like Alulu or Alfa. Tyson Alulu. Yeah, yeah. No way I can pronounce that. But <laughs> um, he, he he's out for the year, which. Um, oh really? I'm I'm almost positive he's out for the year. I know he got hurt out. in the last game. Yeah, I think he like I think he tore a knee, but I I might be, I might be a. Uh, he's on IR, so. Yeah. So at minimum, he's out for this game. So we'll, we'll see a different guy there. Um, I think with that, you might see them try to scheme Hayward or Hayward to the other side. Um, but Jackson Carmen, uh, I'm interested to see what he can bring because yeah, I don't think so. I I in my head, Suafilo is already out. Like I'm going into this game not expecting him to play. So the thing I like about Jackson Carmen, um, it's a tough place to have your first start for sure um, versus Steelers at Heinz Field. But, I mean, Carmen's a Cincinnati kid. He, he grew up uh, watching the Bengals, so he knows the rivalry. Um, I mean, he's our age, so he I'm sure he has memories of the the Palmer game, you know, seeing what can happen versus Steelers, uh, the bitterness of this rivalry. So I actually think that is is an edge um, that helps him because being, being from here, you know, like it's already your first NFL start, like, this is the biggest game of your life, but like versus this team, like this is a way to cement yourself to this fan base. If he just goes out and has a solid performance, we'll, we'll like what we have at let or right guard of the future, unless we slide him to tackle, but that's yet to be seen, but we'll, we'll like what we have. You won't really have people complaining about that pick or nothing. If he just goes out and looks solid, shows a couple flashes, but doesn't make a costly error. Yeah, 100%. And I think the big thing is I most of the slack that he that I think the Bengals got for that pick was not necessarily Carmen because I mean, I think he he has all of the physicals that you want. He has everything that you want in an offensive lineman. He he has the athleticism too. It was just more so it was kind of a question that we really didn't hear much about Jax Carmen before. Um there were just a lot of guys on the board. There's Tevin Jenkins who ended up having a back surgery who people fell in love with. Like I'm, I was still in love with him too. Fell yeah. in love with that kid as Bengals fans. His and tape was was insane. Um, Cosme's yeah. having a real solid season for the for the football team so far. He was still on the board. Um, but I definitely – I think you're right. I think having that edge um, – I think knowing what this is about. I think that's uh, – at the end of the day, I do think it's the, it's the NFL, so I'm not sure how much plays into a role, but I do think it plays a factor. I mean, he knows – 
he knows about this. And I mean, I think you're right. If, if he does play well, it's going to be really good knowing that. Um, Cause I, I think Jake and I talked about it a lot during last season. I think you're getting, there's still some murmurs of the whole Jamar Penne thing. But the thing we always said was you, what you can get in Jamar in the first round of the receiver, you can't get in the second. And what you can get in Penne, you probably can't get in the second, but you can get closer to that than you can with Jamar. And I think if he comes out and performs well, which I think I think he could, he has the athleticism that I think they're kind of lacking with Sufilo. Sufilo isn't like a very athletic guard. Uh, he doesn't move very well. There's plays that you can see him get beat on where like, because with Sufilo, when he gets beat, it's not because he doesn't know what he's doing. I think it's he knows what he's doing. He just literally can't do it. He's just yeah, not he's, quick enough. Yeah. He's super technically sound. Like, it's not like he's in bad positions. He's just... He's not good enough to play in the NFL. The NFL, like, and I think he's he's kind of old. He's thirty now, so yeah. He's I mean he's on the wrong side of the age. He's just he's he technically he's sound. He knows what he's doing. He knows the scheme and all that. But it's just there's a difference between knowing what to do and going out there and doing it. I just don't think he possesses the ability to do it at this level. Yeah, and there's a there's an article I when I looked up Tyson Alulu. One, he's 34, which was kind of crazy how good he played for the Steelers last year and, like, the year before when he came to the Steelers. He had, like, a breakout season of, like, 32, mm-hmm. which is insane. But there's an article that says six free agent Steelers must sign to replace Lulu, and the picture's Geno. Um, I think I would cause a rocket. I might burn down the city. if it, Like, it's not going to because, one, I think if Geno wanted to play, he'd be signed already. I don't think he really wants to play anymore. But if he signed with the Steelers, I would have a fit. Yeah, I would not be thrilled. Um, I think it's half. He's, I think he's kind of done. Um, and unfortunately, the other half, I think, is, I think his body's kind of about over it. I don't think he's got tons left in the tank. But just Geno, um, you know, that quiet guy, part of those Bengals teams that had great players that never talked um, with him and AJ. But I just I – don't, I don't see – I don't think he – go there i think he's like he he was a bangle for too long he liked this city um the organization i just don't think he would go to pittsburgh okay and then my my one last thing that i had to get off before we are done here today pittsburgh's punter is the fat dude from georgia tech oh yeah i kind of love him i do too listed at six six foot 55 Six foot two fifty five units. That's what he's listed as. Um, so I I need a Darius Phillips touchdown, and I want to see Presley Harvin the third haul an ass all two hundred and fifty five pounds of him down the field. That's just something I need to see. Dude, it was all over Twitter. Like when Georgia Tech played it, like at Florida State last year, like. He made just football pants that just looked like shorts. Like <laughs> the the guy is just a unit, man. When he went to Pittsburgh, I was like, dang, that really sucks. Cause like this is some no name random player in the NFL that won't really ever do anything. Cause like he's a punter. No, like pretty, pretty uh a position that people don't care about, just to be honest. But he he's one of those guys, like if he's in a game and he's not a stealer, you're like, this guy's sick. But now we can't do that anymore. We have to just hate him. I mean, hey, but if there is a Steelers player that's going to have a good game, I want it to be that guy every damn time. 
especially because the more he's on the field, the better things are going for us. Exactly. Yeah, I want to see him a bunch. Yeah, I don't want it to be like Boswell where he's never missed a kick against us. I don't want him to be the funny fat kicker. (laughs) No, it's only – I want him to just be fat in the words of Big Cat. Yeah, he needs to be fat Randy. That, it's, it's only it's only like funny when you when you make make plays the best the best thing ever was last season like every sunday after big cat said the fat randy thing which if you guys haven't heard big cat pretty much goes uh it's okay to be the fat guy when you're like playing well but the minute you're not good it's not funny that you're fat anymore you're just fat and yeah, and Jake yeah. would play it every Sunday before the games <laughs> after it happened, and it's it's still one of it's an all time moment. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, sorry. No, I, say, no. Come, come. sorry, Jake. <laughs> no, I was just saying. Like, I I was looking through their roster, and I saw him, and I was like, "There's no way that it's the fat dude from Georgia Tech." He's and huge. so, just what an electric factory. But six foot two fifty five is hilarious. Oh yeah, I mean he he's awesome. But I was just gonna say, can we just take a quick moment and just like appreciate the fact that we don't have to watch Fat Randy every Sunday anymore? <laughs> like the like week one and week two, like when the kicker goes out, like last year I just like hated my life. I'm like, <laughs> it's Fat Randy. Like I just don't want to watch this. It's either gonna go poorly or it's not gonna go poorly, and it's still Fat Randy. And like I'm just over this guy. I mean, hey, props to him though. He hit that game winner for the for the Titans. Good for him. I think it's because he stopped wearing the flat jacket. Dude, it's also like his game tire and game winner live. I honestly thought they both missed. Like they were both <laughs> right on the pole. I was like, this guy, he's gonna tear your heart out, Tennessee. But yeah, the only thing that I uh, uh just only because you said like Fat Randy made me think think of Heath Miller for some reason. That that Pat Firemuth kid looks kind of good. So if I have to deal with like a Pat for like the next ten years, I might kill myself. That'll yeah, suck. I, It'll be a Heath chant. So when when are the Steelers gonna get rid of Chris Boswell? I'm tired of his ass. <laughs> I am too. Okay, let's. They're just do... gonna keep bringing him back versus Cincinnati every year. He'll play two games. Love a different game. But let's do let's do game predictions because we'll do we'll put out our bold predictions uh, Sunday morning for the game. Make sure to check that out on the blog kingsofqueencity.com. But let's do some game predictions. Let's all three of us go. I'll go last. Uh, Jake, you hit us up with the first prediction. What do you think happens? What score of the game? Score of the game. I think I I'm gonna go kind of crazy here. I'm gonna say like 28-17 Bengals. I think that they're they dial up some shots. I think that defense is gonna, you know, take advantage of Johnson being hurt and Big Ben being hurt. Um, so yeah, I think we see a pretty good game, and um, I think this is kind of a statement game, honestly. Um, so I I just gut feeling. I think this is gonna turn into a rock fight. I think we're in for a typical ugly AFC North football game in the trenches. Um, I, I'm, I kind of think it's going to be something like 16, 13, uh, Bengals, but I, I think this is a game we can win a game. We need to expect to win if we want to go where we want to go, but I just, I don't see it being an offensive explosion. I would, I'd kind of agree. I think the, I'm looking at the spread right now. Um, this is as of two hours ago. So the Steelers are minus three point favorites. 
Um, and the over under set 43, I think that's probably a good spot to be. Um, I would be shocked if it's much over that, if any. Um, my prediction, see, this is tough. I think this is a game the Bengals should win 100%. It's definitely more of the will they. Um, but I think they kind of get the monkey off their back in Pittsburgh. Um, I like so much of me would say just like a typical 20 to 17 score. But since that just happened last week, like the odds of that happening are almost none. So I think 24 to 14, I said the Bengals win. Uh, I still think it's going to be, it's going to be a close game. Um, wouldn't shock me if it's closer than that. Maybe a field goal wins it late, whether that's uh makes a one point game or a three point game, just it's tied up to, to win a late, you hit one. But I do think it's going to be a close game. I think what you said is true, Scott. I think it's going to be a low-scoring kind of old-fashioned AFC North game. Yeah, I think I think both teams in general feel if you, if you if you can put twenty on the board, I think both teams kind of feel pretty good about their chances because both teams right now really like their defense. So I think I think putting twenty on the board, both teams will like where they're at. Um, and again, putting my putting my record on the line. Um, lifetime undefeated three and at the ketchup palace i'm going for four and because i'll be there sunday so i'd say that's maybe the storyline of the week i think we should have led with that that scott is undefeated every game I mean, he goes yeah. to in Heinz, and he's putting it on the line sunday he's going so i mean hey when we win i'll throw my venmo out there y'all <laughs> y'all can thank me oh uh, we will definitely <laughs> be doing that but i think that's gonna do it for this one guys i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the kings of queen city podcast make sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, all of us will be attached in our link tree on the bio. Make sure you go check out the blog, kingsofqueencity.com. Uh, Jake hit us with a who day, and Scott hit us with a go Reds to end it off. We'll talk about the Reds another day. Who day? Hey, go Reds.